Hey guys, we are back with part two with Jamie Lynn Siegler. She opens up more about her diagnosis with MS, those famous Sopranos episodes, and whether she's ever going to allow her kids to watch them. And she reveals she was a huge Al Lambert fan. I mean, Meadow Soprano as if. Enjoy, guys. It's a great one. The worst moments of our life. Hey, girl. Hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of, like, worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst audition ever. How bad can it be? <laughs> and we feel the pain is best or funny. Um... So, well, it's interesting. so you only came out a couple of years ago with the, with the MS. I did, yeah. You know, it got to this point where all of my friends were, for so many years prior, were like, Jamie, what, what, why are you hiding this? And I had, I had taken baby steps. Like I told my manager and my agent, um, because it started to get to a point where I would show up on set and they were like, are you limping? Is something wrong? And I was always right. coming up with these excuses and work became miserable for me. I couldn't enjoy it ever because it was just You were about- acting in your life and yeah. on set. Correct. So, yeah, yeah. Correct. I was not putting in my best work, let's just say. Um, and so I was getting married. <laughs> my oldest brother passed away very suddenly. Um, and during the course of like that year and then my family kind of recovering and then we wanted my husband and I, we had a two-year-old at the time, but we wanted to get married. My family was needing some sort of celebratory thing and thinking about like honoring everything my brother ever wanted. Um, he used to always wonder why I didn't tell people either. And so it got to this point where all of those things were playing a factor. And then my son, although he was only two and a half, you know, would ask questions like, Mom, why isn't mommy running? Or why does mommy always have to play goalie when we play? And, you know, explain mommy has something called MS, it's in her legs. And then I would stop myself and be like, but oh my God, am I going to tell him not to tell anybody? Right. What kind oh, of wow. lesson, what kind of lesson is that? Right. Like, like something's wrong with mommy. It's not her fault. Things happen, but don't tell anyone because we want to make sure that people still want to hire her. Or still do, like right. I, you teach your kids what about the world? Like everyone's deserving of opportunity and everyone's different. What's different makes you special and this yes. and that. And like, I was just like, this is fucked up. I can't, I can't. I can't live this way for myself and then especially for my child. So I went to a hypnotherapist. Oh, really? And um, originally it was kind of to do more about like just kind of the acceptance of myself and like my disease and pain and stiffness. And I came out of the first session and I was like, I'm ready. It was oh, like, wow. I don't know wow. what he did when I was under it, but it was just more just like, like, like we were saying a lot, like this doesn't define me, but like, like I just need to see what my world will be like when I don't have this secret hanging over me anymore. So what I decided to do was have it, um, you know, come out at a positive time, which is when I was married, like people magazine wanted to do something about my wedding. And I was like, well, I actually would like to talk about this at the same time. And so they gave me the platform to do that. That's great. Yeah, because it's uh, first of all, what an amazing revelation to have with your child, and yeah. like to sort of discover it. I just think it's uh, it's a full circle kind of situation, and it's just the way to go. But it was just so interesting because when I, I was my best friend is Alyssa Milano, and so I was saying, oh yeah, I'm, we're going to interview um, Jamie Lynn Ziegler, and she's like, oh my god, she's so great, and she has you know, I'm, she has MS. I was like, what are you talking about? And I didn't know. And then I go to Christine, I go, 
think she has MS. And she's like, no, I don't think she does. So it's just interesting that it's not really, even though you're out and about, it's not, yeah. I didn't know. No one knew. For sure. And if you do, sometimes it almost feels like I, and I feel that way when I go into castings, because I'll feel like sometimes I'll walk in and they'll be like, are you limping? And then someone will realize later and then they'll call my agent later and be like, I tell her I'm so sorry that I said that. <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay. But sometimes I feel like I've all, I'm always trying to hide it. Yeah. My, what I'm really trying to do now is just like own it. Right. Sure. That's what I'm really working on right now. And I don't know how to, I'm, but I'm trying because. Well, I, I find it, it's probably uh, a, a very thin line between this is a part of me. It's not, it's not all of me. Um, I'm open about it, but I'm also, I also don't necessarily care to be the poster child for it either. No, not I at all. I live with yeah. it. Other people live with it and I'm just getting like, on with it. Right. But the thing is for me, I walk into the room and it's like, I feel like it's all they're going to think about, but like to somebody else, like nobody walks in the room and is like, I have daddy issues yeah. or like, you know, right. I've, I, I smoke too much weed. It's like, right. no. So like, I'm not going to walk and be like, I got MS. Like, yeah, right. it's just this, you know, it, I, I, no, I'm I, trying to figure out how to dance this dance right now. Right. Um, no, I, I'm a cancer survivor. I don't walk in a room saying I had testicular cancer, you know, like I have one fake ball. I don't, you know what I mean? That's, right? I don't do that. You've told a lot of people about your cancer. <laughs> Well, I let people feel it. I've let people feel it because they were <laughs> always curious. So well, nice they're, cu- they're curious. Some guests have felt it. Um, 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 it's, it's funny, just, though, what you, what you say about your kids, though. It's completely true. I mean, kids, you know, they have no filter. And they're just completely honest, sometimes to your own chagrin. Like, we were on a scooter walk this morning. And we saw this older man, and he had a dog. And, you know, we're, like, going, okay, Georgia, let's, you know, continue on. And she's like, I'm going to see the doctor today. I go see Dr. Schulman. He's going to see if I have a cough. And I'm like, can we just keep going? <laughs> I'm like, we don't need to tell everyone your medical history. And Especially he was like, oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. He kind of did this like, thing. He's like, all right, well, enjoy. And he was yeah. like, bring off. I'm like, oh, God, he thinks we're trying to kill him. Speaking of corona, does that, uh, so does that affect your no, high risk or no? No, no. Okay. I spoke to my doctor. Actually, I called him when it was all going on. I was like, am I high risk? He's like, no. Oh. He has, he's had a couple of, well, cause he's based out of New York. He's had a lot of patients in New York, um, get it. And none have been knock on wood, like hospitalized or anything. It's where it's, it's okay. Sort of same level of risk. As, yeah. 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 So good, mu- you know. musical theater mm-hmm. still, I mean, obviously you still love doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, um, but I almost like I so hardcore shut it off because it feels like if, or felt for so long like something I'd never get to do again, almost to the point where like, if I do start to sing or like sit down at the piano, sometimes I immediately start crying because it just feels like, uh, like almost a part of me that I mourn because during Sopranos, I did get to make my Broadway debut as Belle in Beauty and the Beast. And it's still amazing. Amazing still. And you know, I was diagnosed right before it. Oh, wow. So I remember during one show, 
I was sitting with um, Steve Blanchard who played the beast. And it was like a point where Belle and the beast have their back to the audience and the utensils are talking below mm-hmm. them and she's reading him a book. And I told him I had MS like on stage. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was just like a, a special moment where he's like, my mom has it and she's doing great. And I was like, okay. And then like we turned around and continued doing the scene and it was just. Little town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like. I mean, Sopranos is obviously what it is, but playing Belle was like, is still the greatest thing I've ever gotten to do for me. Like, especially More being from ends of the spectrum, but not <laughs> both, both princesses in some way, but completely right. different. And I grew up in New York. So every performance, there was somebody there that I knew at the, at the stage door. And it was just the greatest five months of my life. And so oh, awesome. I, I wish that, you know, you never know. I mean, seeing Ali Stroker, who was in a wheelchair and played the lead in Oklahoma and won a Tony for it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? I'd love to, I'd love to access that part of me again one day. For sure. I mean, and I think, well, who knows now with everything, how we're going to get back to theater someday. Yeah. Maybe there will be, you know, they're doing so many of these like readings and virtual performances. Yeah. The hardest thing I always felt, because I did a lot of theater too, I never made it to the great Broadway. <laughs> um, but, you know, lots of stuff in LA and lots of workshops that went here and there. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be like, okay, now you're too old. We're going to go look for the, uh, the young people. <laughs> uh, like five years to for, get it there. Thanks for testing the show for us. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Thanks for showing us right. what all our mistakes were. Um, but I loved it too. And the thing that I always felt though, that was the real hardest thing is it's the grind. It's the grind yeah. of all of those shows of keeping your voice, of keeping like, you know, that oh, yeah. schedule together. I mean, that was, that's always, I think you have to live like, uh, like, like a nun. A nun. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I learned the hard way. So before I did Beating the Beast, the year before that, during a hiatus of Sopranos, I did a national tour of Cinderella with Eartha Kitt. Yes. Mm, stop it. Oh, she was the best. <laughs> I can imagine. But this was now my first job. I was 18, like no parents. Right. I was like on the road. We were, you know, it was airplanes. So it was like two weeks in every location. I became obviously best friends with everyone. And we partied. Sure. Like partied. That's how everyone, I would do it. And I, you know, two months in, I'm like, Oh, no, like, you know, I learned yeah. and I had to be on bulk arrest for the rest of the tour. It was terrible. Yeah. And so I, when I was in beauty, uh, I was very rarely speaking when I wasn't on stage, you know, going to bed early, even though I was 20 years old, 21 years old. Um, I lived like a nun, but it was worth it. Yeah. And be- you know, there's days where you're like, I don't want to go and do this today. Sure. But, but then once you're there, you're, you're happy you are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's so funny, you know? I don't know, I I always, I loved doing theater and I loved the performance side of it, but for me, like the real joy was the backstage. I love Mm. that upstairs, downstairs dichotomy. And like, that's where like, that's where all the fun is happening. Oh, no, I, yeah, like, not to toot my own horn, Jamie. Believe me, he'll toot it. If it's around, he'll toot it. I was on tour with Barbara Streisand Yes, the 2000 Timeless Tour. And that was the best part for us was the backstage too, Christine. Of course. 
You're gypsies. I mean, they you, they yeah. become your friend, like your family. It's the mm-hmm. uh, I'm with you. Every you know, I think that's why I don't really watch things I do because so much about it is like the experience I had and the people I got to meet. And sometimes like when you watch it and it gets edited down to something, it feels so much smaller than what it felt for you. Oh like yeah. It was, you know, like it was such a, it's, it, there's so many more pieces to it than like what it, it becomes sometimes. So it's, it, it's all about what, that backstage. Yeah. What would be your dream show? Or what, what, of all time, like, what show, like, of all the Broadway musicals? Uh, I would love to play, but I'm probably too old now, Gypsy Rosalie, like, Louise, love. Mm-hmm. And the narrator and Joseph, I love that. Joseph, oh, an amazing cool. technicolor. Yeah, Because yeah. um, she kind of just stands there, right? I could just stand there, walk around the stage and sing. Um, I love that score. It's very, My voice is very kind of, like, poppy. Uh-huh. So it fits well in that um, world. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar, Mary Magdalene. Oh, wow. Um, did you ever do West Side Story? Never did West Side Story. Pippin? I love Never Pippin. did Pippin. Love Pippin, though. Um, Les Mis. I mean. Yeah. I hate that musical. Why? <laughs> I can't stand What's that. wrong with you? You're crazy. Oh. And I had a what, friend. What's your vibe? Who mine? Yeah. I love I, Little Shop of Horrors is my favorite musical. Oh. So oh. I got I got wig in my mouth. Um, and then uh, <laughs> uh, Corona, the Corona um, <laughs> Company is my all time favorite musical. Mm. The story mm. I love all Sondheim period. I think yes. genius. You know. Yes. Uh, you should do an album. You should do a, mm. an album. No, you don't want to do one. I did one. one. Oh, yeah, you what did? was that like? The worst. Really? The you worst. did it. You did it wrong. You should oh, do. I did it. I did it so wrong. You know, it was like that thing where like Sopranos is like a hit, and somebody's like, "Want to do an album?" And you're like, "Maybe." And all of a sudden, you realize you like signed your life, and like have to do these twelve pop songs, and like go and do like radio shows. And I'm like, "This is not. I'm not a pop star. Like, I'm not." Like a no, girl no, no. backup dancers. It was the worst. Do a Broadway <laughs> album of songs that inspire you. Oh, that's nice. That's a good idea. You know, that's what I meant. Like do stuff that like means something in that in that realm, in that yeah. world, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like Do a cabaret. Do a you know what I mean? Totally. Like a Joe's pub yeah. type thing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but wait, let me go back to the horrible pop album just for a second. <laughs> Where can we get it? I, did a, I did a music video that my oh. son loves to watch on YouTube. You're oh huge, God, you're huge in Japan. Is that what it no, is? No, you know where I hit it a little bit was apparently in the UK for a minute. Like my oh, son wow. was like a thing for a minute. Uh, no, I fucking hated it. It was terrible. Did you have to, were you writing the songs or they were like, great, no, uh, here's all the songs, you'll sing them. I wrote, I did write a little bit, but not really. Like, no, it was so bad. It was like in between filming and it was, I hated it so much. (laughs) And I just didn't know how to say no. I didn't know I could say no. You know, I was 18 years old and like so confused and yeah, not being handled well. What's the album called? 
Um, I know my oh. single was called Cry Baby. I don't remember the title of the album. <laughs> I, I think I've tried to block it out. Oh. My husband used to play baseball. And when we met, he, he always played in the minor leagues. But when we met, he was in like a very low level minor league in, in ha uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. And they all have walk-up songs. And I remember one time to fuck with me, they had my crybaby as his walk-up song. No. Oh, my and like, God. Everyone in the stands was like, what the fuck Wait, song is where, this? And I was like, where, where did he uh, train? He uh, played for the Na the first of Brewers and then the Nationals. So I, oh, yeah. he worked his way up while we were together um, from Hagerstown to the Potomac to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and then to Syracuse AAA. How did you guys meet? Uh, we met, he, so he grew up in Thousand Oaks and my, one of my best friends, Joanna Garcia Swisher is an actress, is married to a baseball player and they would train together in the off season and Cutter's eight years younger than me. So I don't think anyone thought like to set us up by any means, but it was kind of a thing where like, he's so cute. He's here, Jamie, you've been single for way too long. Why don't you just have sex with this little baseball player? And like, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, what are you crazy? And then next thing you know, two weeks later, we're madly in love. And nine months later, we got pregnant by accident. Oh, wow. So what is your teams? What do you mean? Who do you, what do you like? I mean, you love baseball, I'm assuming, at this point. Oh, well, he doesn't play anymore, so we, to, we needed to take, like, a step back for a minute. But I'm from New York, so I'm a Yankee fan. Okay. But uh, although my house is divided. So my mother grew, uh, grew up in Cuba but then lived in Washington Heights, so they're, like, very Yankee, like all the Latina. My grandmother's mm -hmm. like, Yankee, Yankee, Yankee. But my dad grew up in Queens, so my dad and my brother are Mets. Mets fans. So it's been yeah. a bit of a divide. That's so funny. Um, what does your husband do now? He's so he works in the industry, in the sports industry? No. So he works for a company called Theragun. It's like oh. a percussive therapy. So yeah. it's cool because he, when he decided to leave baseball, he obviously didn't know what he was going to do with his life. You know, he devoted his whole life to it. Um, and this friend had bought me like a brand new model of his chiropractor friend thing that he invented called a Theragun. And he wanted to come over and experiment how it helped me. Uh -huh. And, um, so he started coming over a couple of times a week and it was really helpful for like releasing muscle tension and everything. And I would move better and walk better when, after I would use it. And I remember Cutter just kind of saying offhand, like, if you want me to introduce you to some baseball trainers, I know so many of them through the years, I'll put you in touch. And he said, well, why don't I talk? Because all he ha they had was like the investor and mm -hmm. Dr. Jason who invented it. And they were like, well, why don't, let me talk to my investor guy because maybe we could pay you like some, you know, freelance to come with us to some spring training places. And now long story short, he's now like VP of the company and got a crash course in business. And that's oh, what wow. he does now. Oh, that was great. three years ago. And they have like over a hundred employees. I'm so proud of him. It's really that's cool. Amazing. It's cool to like see because he, you know, baseball is different than acting. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a truly a time limit on it and oh, it's yeah. very emotional and he gave up on a dream and to see that there's other things that he's really good at. I mean, there's still some pain I think around it, of course. I mean, he's just turned 30, you know, I mean, he's still yeah. so young, right. but, um, it's been beautiful to like watch to see him like grow and be successful in something else. And, um, and something that helps people. 
helps people. And he, and he's kind of like, I think people like dealing with him because he's not a salesman by trade. You know, he's like an athlete. Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't, he's like, he talks the talk. People like to deal with him and work with him and trust him. And you know, it's cool. That's great. That's so cool. Um, I want to go back to like, uh, just, and just fire off a couple of worst evers to you. Um, can you remember any worst ever auditions that you've had? I mean, I feel like they've all been the worst ever. <laughs> You're so down on yourself. It kills me when it well, comes to- uh, Well, so the first, my first pilot season after Sopranos, I uh, auditioned for this comedy that Jason Bateman was directing for Fox. And it was one of those where like, it was like, I went in and it like went quick. Like, yeah, yeah, we're into her. We're into her, we're into her. And I'm like, great. Great, great. And this is my like really my first screen test, like dealing with like the real testing process, right? right. Like studio, network. So I get past studio and I get to network and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm fucking nervous. Like, holy shit. Like it, it was just such a like corporate thing. It didn't feel mm-hmm. creative. It was like right. signing the contract before I walk in the door. Right. It was very strange. Yeah. And I just boom. Like I was not funny. Like I said all the lines that made everybody laugh all that time. And it was like crickets. <laughs> it was like all of a sudden <laughs> Japanese. Probably a completely other language. And I might've got a, like what a, like what a courtesy, like chuckle from someone. And I just walked out being like, that was the worst thing I've ever been through in my entire life. That sucked. And so you want to spit on everyone in the room too. I hated them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was terrible. And then I've had, but then I, you know, and then, you know, you just know though. Do you know what I mean? If I think back to the ones that I've booked, like before you even open your mouth, there's just like some kind of electricity where you're like, this is it. Like this this one's going to go well. Oh yeah. And and it's, and you can't control it most of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that's, but I've learned more than anything. And one thing that James Gandolfini always told me was like an audition is your time. You're not, that's not their time. You've got to walk in and own it. That's your five minutes that you bought, you own. Like that's, you know, you have to treat it as such. Like this yeah. is like, you're not walking into their space. They're there and you're walking into your own space. And I, right. I try to remind myself of that. Yeah. And you have to tell, you have to let them know that you're doing them a favor by finding someone so they don't, they can stop looking, right? Mm-hmm. That's uh, Diane Harden, who used to teach Christina and I. Um, she always said, "You have to be right. You have to be ready a hundred percent of the time because you can only be right one percent of the time for a role. So if you're not yeah. ready a hundred percent of the time, that one percent you can lose that chance." Yeah, yeah, so true. Because yeah. it so really true. is. It's it's so subjective, you know. Well, and then also like people the especially fans, I'm assuming like your, uh, your fans or an audience or whatever uh, that aren't in the industry. They think because you were on a hit show that you're automatically going to work all the time and they don't get the struggle, you know, mm-hmm. in the struggle, it, the struggle is real, you know, it's so real. And it, and it, and it's like you said, I think people have an idea of me. Sometimes they can't get past it. It's almost like, Sometimes I want to walk in and be like, I'm not a kid. I'm like almost 40. I have two 
children. Like I can play the mom. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, when you start so young, there always is that it's hard to make that leap over into another space because people always associate you and remember you from being a child. Yeah. Um, And I, but I've almost almost started to become like come to this place where like sometimes I'll watch things and be like, why do I know that person? They're so good. And I'll realize I, they were in something when they were younger. And it's almost like it, I had like this thing where I was like, I feel like that's going to be my story. Cause I struggle really badly with being away from my kids. Yeah. Um, but because I tried to be a stay-at-home mom and I was like sitting on the floor with them and it was a nice moment like a year or two ago and I was like, I can't do this. I need something else. And so like I had to honor that like I still love acting and want to do it. But it's almost like I, I had this epiphany when I was watching this woman where I was like, I feel like that's going to be my story where like I right now I, I'm happy to work when I can because the truth is I really struggle with being away from my kids and missing them um, when they're little. Not to, I, I, wish, I wish I had more confidence in my relationship with them that I could leave and come back. I'm just, it's just my personality that I think that timing is gonna, it's just, it always serves you right. It's, it's hard to see it when you're in it, but it's, yeah. it's always happening at the right time, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, there's, it's weird. Because for me, I, I love to work. I've always loved to work. But then I had kids and it's like, I, would, I got this call to, you know, go start directing. And it was like the thing I'd worked so hard for and it's all I wanted to go do. And it was like, yes, absolutely. I'm there. And the morning where I went to leave, I mean, just tears oh. on the 405. I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm a terrible mom. Like, you know, but you can't explain it. It's like, you want to get away, but then all you want to do is come home. It's of course. So bizarre. See, but I'll look at you and I'm like, I just think, I think you're such a badass. I think it's so awesome that you oh, thank do you. all the things that you do and can command a set. Like, that's so cool. And you can go home and be this incredible mom. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, having that balance. For sure. And I, I think it's a good balance to have. I definitely feel like when – you know, when I have more of my own thing going, I have more left to give on the times that I'm home. But that being said, this has been really good for me because I've had to slow down and I'm not good at that generally. Yeah. So I've had to learn more patience and I've had to slow down and I've had to learn to just go with the flow and that I can't control it. That's the key. The go with the flow. Yeah, I can't control it. Jamie, she's just not good at I'm going a control with the flow. Freak. She's a control so freak. So am I. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, I'm a control freak too, but like <laughs> I've been going with this pandemic is making me go with the flow. You're just making yeah. pot pies and and putting on wigs, okay? And showing yeah. up at aisle 24 for everybody. <laughs> right. And 25. Um, and 25. <laughs> But I read something that you were on some sh- new show where you play a police woman, a wife. Oh, a- Beef House. So okay. do you know what the comedians that? Tim and Eric? No. Wrote- Tim, Heidecker, oh. Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim. They're like, they have this cult following. They're amazing comedians, funny guys, writers. And it's this adult swim show where it's like a 90s sitcom, but it's like so fucking out there. Crazy. Oh, great. And I play like the straight woman wife of Eric. So we shot it in August and September at this soundstage in the Valley. And so it's, it's ridiculous. It's so funny and silly. And I think they like casting people in their things that are like, um, uh, that don't fit 
in their world. You know what I mean? I was kind right. of so it was, and I play his wife, who's a detective. Yeah. Oh my god, that's great! Yeah, I was. And like, it's out now on. It you can just, find it on Adult yeah, Swim. Yeah, Adult Swim. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was so fun. Uh, and you have a podcast. Yes, I have two actually. So Mama said mm-hmm. I started. Um, a year and a half ago with my friend Jenna, and it was when we were both pregnant with our second babies, um, where I think, you know, when I was pregnant with Bo and after I had him, that's my older one, I, I was, um, I felt like I was a bad mom because I wasn't enjoying every moment of it because nobody was talking really, the culture is different now. Nobody was really talking and being honest, like this shit's hard. And sometimes I don't love it. And like, yeah. you know, I, you, you always want to do the disclaimer. I love my kid, but like, no, no, that goes without saying. You, we know you love your kid, but like this shit is hard. And yeah. Jen and I just felt like she became that person for me where I could have these really open, honest conversations. And we know we weren't reinventing the wheel with like a mom podcast, but we felt like we had our own voices and we're very different moms with zero judgment towards each other. So we just wanted to create a space for moms to celebrate what we coined as like the pretty and the shitty of motherhood and like all the things in between. And so we have experts and friends like Christine who came on and um, we just talk about all different topics. It's been so much fun to do. Awesome. Um, and then pajama pants. So Robert Eiler, who played my brother on Sopranos, is one of my best friends, and we've had a very close and intimate relationship for twenty plus years. And he is sober and has an incredible story and journey. And then his friend Katzim, who's an actor, who's also dealt with um, those types of issues. You know, we're three very different people, like mm-hmm. living lives, but we're super close, and we talk about about everything and nothing, and have fun guests. And it's just like it's a great way for us to connect every week and just talk. And so that's like a fairly new one and a baby and we're kind of doing it on our own and having fun with it. So those things have kept me um, busy, especially during quarantine, like, you know, to have something, even though I do them at night when I'm tired, like it's my only time Mm -hmm. usually to be able to do it. It's, it's, um, it's given me something like some type of work. Yeah, Yeah. Which has been nice. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, just to have adult conversation for an hour with mm-hmm. someone not nudging your pant leg, being like, snack, snack. <laughs> That's like my the. Kid, my kids are just literally beating the shit out of each other all day. I feel like <laughs> a referee, sh- short order cook, just yep. trying to keep everyone alive. Where my me time includes, like, let me just go scrub this bathroom and this toilet without <laughs> anybody walking in. I really have to say, I mean, this is going to sound. Hey, where'd you get that? <laughs> there he is. That's the Walmart. I'll, I'll, I'll Add me to your list of people to get to do. I have, I have an extra one for you. I'll give Thank it to Christine you. to send it. I yeah, for the children. Thank yeah. You. Um, I've really started. I've found like a new love of cleaning. I have found it to be kind of therapeutic in oh, many yeah. ways. You know, oh, yeah. there's certain things like I've gotten really into the baseboards of my house because oh. I have like a Swiffer duster, and I'm like, Boop. Swiffer dusters, guys. Yeah, so good, and like I'm doing all the the fans and like I, have that. I feel like I have that. feels good. Yeah, it feels really good. You feel really accomplished, and then the house smells so clean <sighs> afterwards. And you're you know what oh. you know what smells really good. Um, there's that like essential oil cleaner thing called Thieves, and if oh. you dilute it down with a lot of water and clean your uh, and use that to clean, like I use that in my baby's room and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it smells. Or good. you can use 
Clorox wipes. Straight up Clorox. <laughs> I mean, the damage that's happened to my brain just from inhaling that shit. I know. Well, then there's the, also the uh, Lysol. Uh, okay, now you're just bragging. <laughs> Not yet. Now you're just showing off. Now you're just bragging with all your products. I mean, but you can also have a lemon scent. Um. <laughs> You know, that's the thing, though. It's oh, like, I know it's taking away the viruses, but I'm also sort of like, <laughs> like any yeah. kind of spray. It's like Isn't this what we weren't supposed house. to be doing? Right. right. Yeah, but I was living in Chateau Corona. Remember, my roommate had it. I didn't know if I had it yet. I didn't know. Of course. I was so freaking you were, out. You were practically huffing it. Yeah. <laughs> Injecting out. it inside the body. I know you keep in touch with, you said, uh, with your uh, podcast mate that was on mm-hmm. the show with you. Do you keep in touch with like Edie and everyone else on the show or? Edie here and there, Drea, we talk, Aida and I speak, Aida Chatura and I speak. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just did Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharepa's podcast and we keep in touch. They're oh, I saw that they had one. Yeah, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we all keep tabs on each other and I'll support each other. You know, it was just really, it, it was really a special thing because, I mean, even though I was the young person, like, it was such, it was a job for everyone. It wasn't um, as like super tight as sometimes, you know, casts can be, but, but it was tight in the sense of like, I got your back, whatever you do, I will show up at that premiere for you. Like if you need anything, you will never hesitate to call me. Like, it's almost like that. Like we're bonded for life in that, like, we all got to do something really fucking cool together and we will always show up no matter how much time has passed, how we've, if we haven't spoken, nothing like there's no, like, like, will you do my podcast? Yes. Like it's just, it's, it's all of that. It's like, those are, those are our, my people, no matter how much I talk to them. Yeah. And there was talks of like a a movie, right? Well, uh, it was supposed to come out and I think they're, and my son's walking in, they're delaying uh, it um, till next year. So it's a prequel. It's a prequel, right. Oh, cool. Which I thought, yeah. Um, It's funny because like when your kids get older, you know, and they realize what you do for a living, Mm -hmm. um, you'll at some point probably have to come to grips with like, do I show them the show? Do I not show them the show? Probably high school. Yeah, I think high school is probably... But um, so I was flipping through Hulu and Step by Step is on Hulu. And I got like the wild hair of like being like, I just put it on because why not? And my daughter literally goes like the, the roller coaster is going and she goes, oh, mom, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> you were the coolest, by the way. Thanks. I loved that show and you were the coolest. He wants well, to tell my daughter older. because. Bo. Hey, Bo. Nice I, dyed his, I dyed his hair blue and it's coming out see. a little bit. Can you come up That's a little bit? All the cool kids yeah. are doing. Yeah. All yeah. dyeing their hair. I love it. How old is Bo? Bo, how old are you? Six. And does Bo, is he want to be in the entertainment business as well? You know, the other day he said to me, uh, I think I want to be in an, act, an actor, but the kind of actor that plays sports, like in Mighty Ducks. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. We're watching a lot of um, like Rookie of the Year in Mighty Ducks yes. right now. Yes. We had I'm almost done. Okay. Yeah, Aaron Lore, right? Aaron Lore, our, our good acting class friend, Aaron Lore in Mighty Ducks. Oh, my Mighty God. Ducks, yeah. Well, that's Ball on every rotation over here. It is. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Oh, my God. It's it so delight. nice to talk to you guys. Thank you for having me and giving me an excuse to run away to my bedroom. No problem. It'll love a day. <laughs> uh, tell all of our fans where they can find you on social and your podcasts. 
Um, uh, podcasts are Mama Said and Pajama Pants. And then I'm just Jamie Lynn Sigler on Instagram. And what's the show called on audio? I mean, on um, Adult Swim? It's called Beef House. Beef House. Cool. If you I find it, you'll, it. Know, you, you'll know. It's, 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 uh, you are not on drugs. You are just watching Beef House. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, guys. I am Christine Lakin. You can find me at Yo Lakin. And I'm Alok Khaled, and you can find me at Alec Led. Don't Ask. <laughs> we are Worst Ever Podcast. You can find us at Worst Ever Podcast and email us at worsteverpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us some of your worst ever stories and how you are getting through this quarantine. Um, And we'll hear you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with Damon Pampolina. You would know him from the Mickey Mouse Club. He talks all about his wild and crazy years in Hollywood. It's not to be missed. Have a great week. Moments of our life. Hey, girl. Hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of like worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst audition ever. How bad can it be? <laughs> when we feel the pain is best or funny.